Hello, I am Avery or Hazel or Kylie. You can just pick one. I don't care. Hello, I am Lily. And Dormammu, I've come to bargain. No. <laughs> yes. Welcome no. to the From the Closet podcast. Today we are covering Doctor Strange, the one from 2016. I think it was 2016. Hold on. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, 2016. <laughs> but yeah, um, so we're covering that. Obviously this podcast will contain spoilers for that movie. Um, if you'd like to avoid the spoilers, there is a link in the description below uh, to the Just Watch page for this movie, which itself will have links to all the places you can rent, purchase, or stream this movie. For us here in the U.S., it is uh, available on Disney+. Plus. Um, our Just Watch link is to the U.S. version of the site. However, if you use the Just Watch app, it will automatically redirect you to your country's page. And if you use the website, you can change the country from the website page. Also in the in the description is a link to our Patreon, where you can vote on future episodes of this show, as well as get access to episodes before they release, as well as early access to episodes of our sister show, Off the Shelf, which is about books. That podcast is exclusive to YouTube and Patreon. Also in the description below is a link to Anchor.fm, which itself has links to every platform this podcast is on, as well as links to our Instagram and Twitter, where you can be notified when we release a new episode. With all that being said, please get out if you'd like to avoid spoilers. Oh, and uh, don't watch this movie on your phone. <laughs> Are we um, ready to begin, then? Yeah, let's begin. I guess, so, I mean, there's only one way logical that we can start this. It's by saying how much of a mindfuck this is. Fuck. Sorry, uh, I forgot something. We did not say what we're doing next week. Oh. Okay. So, uh, next week, we are doing the, the 1998 remake of The Parent Trap and The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. So you can look forward to that. Uh, and next month... Oh, we're actually not doing Spider-Man Homecoming next month. Next month is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Nice. Okay, now we can talk about how much of a mindfuck this is. Cool, we can talk how much of a mindfuck this is. So, before now, magic has not really been mentioned. Well, it has Obviously, been mentioned, but it's not really a thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can probably call some stuff that Thor is doing magical. They're but. very explicit that it's not. Like, in the first Thor movie, um, they make it very clear that it's not magic, that it's actually science, that humans just don't understand. Hmm. Yeah... I mean, obviously, there's nothing in our world that can produce this stuff. So I'm going to call it magic for now. It's like, I'm just saying stuff of like, maybe this could happen. Thor's hammer? Not very scientific. From Picking up a hammer, if you are worthy, 
should not give you the powers of someone. To be fair, um, in the comics, Thor's hammer serves as a prison for a sentient cosmic storm. So there is that. But the hammer hmm. in the MCU is very, very different. Interesting. But all that aside, in our real-world understanding, you could probably claim that some Thor stuff is magic. But really, I mean, Iron Man, um, all this other stuff um, is very, it's like, dependent on a lot of things that are based in science. Yeah, like, Iron Man very much is, um, like, it's sci-fi, but it's believable sci-fi, because, like, um, yeah, like, I can believe that potentially in the future we could have an arc reactor that's small enough to fit inside a person's chest. Sure, I can accept that. Obviously, it's not the future, but Tony's brain is. Yeah. Um. And what else? I mean, there. You you know, I guess other weird occurrences that you have. Um. I'm trying to think. A uh, Hulk, Captain America being uh, injected with this serum, making them stronger. Yeah. Although, um, this movie does kind of imply that all of the Infinity Stones are magic. That's actually something I was going to get into, because the Infinity Stones, I think, are probably the first things that can really, say, break um, logic. Yeah. And, like, in... In this movie in particular, um, and well, I, I think this is a trend that we see throughout the, uh, the MCU is that like, uh, master magic requires like doing hand gestures and stuff. Although technically you don't need a hand to do it, but like if you can't move your hand at all. You're probably not going to be able to do any ma any kind of magic at all. Mm hmm. Um. Also, there's something else that's been bugging me about this movie. It's um the post credit scene. I had no idea why it was bugging me until I remembered something. So at the end of the last Thor movie, um. Odin was saying, uh, sorry, Loki pretending to be Odin was talking to Thor. But now at the end of this movie, uh, they're, Thor and Loki are trying to find Odin. Yeah, that will be explained in Thor Ragnarok. Hmm. This, this post-credit scene takes place during that movie. I see. Will um, Doctor Strange be in Thor Ragnarok? Yes. I expect as much. But yeah, um, there is a bit of controversy with this movie, though. Explain. 
Okay, so it all revolves around the Ancient One. Okay. In in the comics, the Ancient One is an old Asian man. Mm. In this movie, the Ancient One is a seemingly middle-aged white woman. I can see why there can be a bit of controversy. Yeah. It's a... From what I've... From what I understand, Kevin Feige, the CEO of Marvel Studios, has said that he does regret doing this decision, but, like... Mm. At the time, the thinking was that they were going to try to dodge um, some kind of cliché... Like they were, they were trying to dodge the cliche of the old wise Asian monk, um, but instead they just kind of ended up. Well, they whitewashed a character. I can understand where they're where that's coming from. He did say he regrets it, the the decisions. So I don't know. Um, I mean, either way. The character dead. Yeah, the character dead. Dies in this movie. Um, Introduced and dies in this movie. I don't think um, the intricacies of the character matter that much. Well, we are Forever. going to see her again later. But that's obviously only in the past. Am yeah. I right? Yeah, in the and past, kind of. Knowing uh, the MCU, I'm going to guess briefly. Yeah, it's pretty brief. But, I mean, same actress and everything. Tilda Swinton, who we actually will be seeing again, because she plays a pretty significant role in the Disney Chronicles of Narnia adaptation. But yeah, I think that should be interesting. Um, I, I, I also have to want to complain about something. There seem to be a number of people who think that this movie and Iron Man are basically the same movie. Hmm. And I mean, it's like... I I did feel that. it They are both superhero origin stories... Where the protagonist is an arrogant guy who gets somewhat humbled by the end. But I think they're very, very different. Well, considering... I mean, if you want to go ten leaps further, we literally just um, explained how Iron Man and Doctor Strange could not be further apart. Yeah. Especially in their ideals right now. Yeah, for one, Iron Man is all sci-fi stuff, and Doctor Strange goes into hard fantasy mode. But then there's the other thing of, like, Iron Man, when he's coming onto the scene, he um, he's doing all this stuff by himself. It's his own intellect that's creating uh, all of the stuff that he's using. With Doctor Strange, he's learning all this stuff, from other people. 
Even that when is he's true, yeah. Even when there's no one directly teach him, teaching him stuff, he's still reading stuff, and that stuff had to be written by other people. I mean, I'm pretty sure Tony obviously has read books. Yeah, but still, like for the most part, the things we see him build, like it's his own ideas. He's the one coming up with them. Yeah. And putting in the work to do everything. I think these movies are very different. Especially with like... Okay, so there's the talk about... Um, some people talk about how like... Uh, Tony feels responsible for like... His weapons being used by the terrorists. And how that's supposedly a parallel to... Strange um, being torn up about killing one of uh, Kaecilius's followers. And I'm like, no, I, I think that's, I think those are two very different things. Um, I would also think that. Yeah, because like here it's, it's one of those things that I'm glad they actually approached it in this movie because here is a guy who is a doctor. He swore an oath to never do harm. Like, that's a pretty big deal when you become a doctor. It's a, a very big deal. So to have him kill a man, of course he's going to be broken up about that, even if he did it in self-defense. Yeah. Obviously. I, he, he's still a doctor, right? I mean, he has a PhD, so. Oh, yeah. Um, but not, in terms of occupation, yeah, in terms of occupation, no, he is no longer a doctor. Although, technically, um, with the magic, he could use magic to stabilize his hands and practice again. But from what mm -hmm. I understand, he never does. All right, so he, because you cannot fix himself using the magic only temporarily stuff. Yeah, it wouldn't permanently fix him. Like, he can use magic to to stabilize his hands pretty much however long he wants, but, like, if he needs to start focusing on other magic, that, like, it, his hands can start shaking again. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't ever be healed. Also, I don't know why, but I kind of appreciate the um, opening scene when he's putting on the gloves. Yeah. Um, y y you know, um, my background with, um, uh, vets, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, they have to do the exact same thing, and I've seen, um, uh, the boss just gets, um, these pre-sterilized uh, gloves, actually. Right. We have a stab we have a stabilizer machine, but I guess they won't. I um I guess plastic won't exactly uh, survive in that. Yeah, you know something interesting. I, I kind of want to talk about is like th this movie's yeah. connectiveness with the rest of the MCU. Um. So really, the connections only come in in three parts. Um. So, there is a mention very early in the movie of a 
general with a broken spine due to an impact from hundreds of feet in the air while in a suit of armor. That is a direct reference to James Rhodes from Civil War. Because huh. you remember he got hurt at the end of that movie. I do remember well, that. And then there is also um, a reference, a, a direct reference to the Avengers. I'm pretty sure Wong mentions them. Um, it could have been someone else, but I think it was Wong. And then hmm. we get the reveal that the Eye of Agamotto, the Eye of Agamotto, is holding an Infinity Stone. I figured as much. Yeah. Though, um, to, for them to just directly mention, it's like, bitch, you got the time stone. Like, oh, okay. Did not expect that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, there's another thing. Oh, God. Um, did I? Okay, I think I just um, lost it. What were we going to say? I, I was going to say there was also a direct reference to Stephen Strange back in The Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. So there was that as well. God, I'm trying. Because I had a question. Oh, right. Yeah. So remember that DM I sent you when I was just starting um, the movie? You're going to have to be more specific. Yeah, he saw, like, right when he, um, like, meet him, and we learn about, like, his, like, arrogance, he sounds like a Doctor Who doctor. I mean... All, all the Doctor Who, um, like, the doctors that, that go through those series, they all have a certain amount of arrogance to them. Yeah, and uh, you're not wrong. I mean, there's also the funny thing that Benedict Cumberbatch, the guy who plays Doctor Strange, is British. That also might have um, led me to this conclusion. Yeah, well, I mean, in the whole movie, he talks with an American accent. I mean, it's even his voice... Sounded like a Doctor Who character. Yeah. But, like, the it, the other thing, too, is, like, the, the ego isn't entirely unwarranted. Um, he's obviously brilliant. I mean, you have to be to be a brain surgeon. But mm -hmm. the thing that it... There are parts of it where it's just, like... It really fucking irritates me at times. Because, like, mm. after he gets into that car wreck and he finally wakes up and everything. Um, and Christine tells him no one could have done better. And he's like, I could have done better. I'm like, bitch, no, you couldn't have. You're a brain surgeon. This is not your area of expertise. No, but... um. He has um, reached to a level of arrogance, I thought. Um, not, not, there's a better word for it, but I'm just going to go with arrogance that I never thought possible. <laughs> he yeah. 
um, help someone um, uh, give surgery to himself. <laughs> yeah, he helps them. Well, I don't even know if I'd call it surgery because, I mean, it's literally just like closing a wound and keeping Still, him alive. Though, he, he really did just be like, okay, so you need to close a wound. My wound, by the way. Yeah, it, it, it's it's kind of funny how that played out. And it's like, uh, the exploration of astral projection and stuff in this movie is an interesting one. But also... I, go ahead. Sorry. I'm just going to say, I really do hope they keep some level of his arrogance. Because it... Like, obviously, um, he does deserve to be treated with some amount of respect, right? Yeah. But he just sounds very funny when uh, talking like that. Yeah, and we also get introduced in this movie to the, frankly, toxic relationship between Stephen Strange and Christine Palmer. Yeah, that's, um... Is, is it, I, I believe it's safe to say yikes. Yeah, it, it's a yikes, but I think it's presented as a yikes on purpose, because it's meant to speak to Strange's character. Um, Obviously, yeah, I mean, they presented a flawed character on purpose. Yeah, and, and spoiler alert, they never make it work. Mm. Um, something else we're introduced to here is Strange's characterization. And I bring this up because people seem to have an issue with some decisions made in later movies. In fact, you know, before I actually break down this whole thing, I just have to talk about it. One of my biggest gripes with modern um, film criticisms is that mm. characters seemingly are not allowed to make obvious mistakes. Everybody has to be perfect all of the time, or it's bad writing. That's just not true. The only time where that is bad writing if you present mistakes in a positive light. Yeah, it's like so, the reason I bring this up is because in this movie, we see Strange being characterized as someone who makes a decision with ma regarding magic in the moment and doesn't think about the consequences and pays for it later. Uh, what, this, what is this referring to? Uh, in this movie, we I would say it would refer to breaking the natural laws uh, in the fight against Dormammu. And as a result, Mordo becomes a villain. There are other decisions uh, he makes in later movies that also tie into this character characterization. It is consistent, but people uh, seem to have a serious issue with how it happens in No Way Home. And it's no different than any of these other instances. Other than, I guess, That's... being more obvious to the audience that 
he's making a mistake. Well, that's... Okay, I guess I should um, buzz in on that. Yeah. There is an issue if it's consistent because he's not fucking learning anything. If yeah, you make well, well, actually, this mistake, um, he actually nothing went wrong here, so why Mordo would he learn became something? A Mordo became a well, villain. That's the that's the uh that's the consequence. But yeah, well, no, he doesn't know that yet. <laughs> I I disagree with the the idea that it um that it's bad that this is consistent because he's not learning anything no but he hasn't had to seriously pay for it that much um yet either yeah that's two thing um i, I think mean, i remember someone complaining about that in the owl house where lose does, like, the same mistake and obviously consequences and then does it again without literally any, um, like, hmm, this went bad last time. I, mean, I should do it again. I can't think of what that instance is, but this isn't one of those situations where he's, like, where he's actually connecting the dots between these questionable decisions and the consequences. Every other time this happens, where he makes a questionable decision with magic, and then consequences is occur, he doesn't seem to have connected the dots. But that's probably going to be happening soon. Because well, of I, especially in this movie, because uh, obviously... Abusing magic, I don't exactly see how that would make Mordo a villain, but I guess it did now. I mean, there are potentially other ways he could have gone about it, but... I mean, he made a decision in the moment, and... Yes, it saved people's lives. There's no question about that, but... As a result of his decision, Mordo became a villain. I mean, Mordo could just not became a villain. Did he think about that? But he didn't. But anyway, it's it, 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 it's something that just kind of it irritates me when people complain about characters making mistakes or having flaws. And trying to spin it as the movie has lazy writing. Hmm. I do want to ask a question, though. So, but first, I forgot the name. Who's the um, uh, Who's the name of like the librarian? Wong. Cool. Is Mon is Wong evil? No. Cool. Disney Plus. Is Wong evil in She-Hulk? No. Because I don't know where I don't know where you got that perspective. Um, the advertisement. Um, yeah, the person that convinced someone to break out of prison. 
didn't convince him. He literally broke him out of prison, but it was for a reason. And like just making the assumption based off of an ad, which is clearly a scene taken out of context. True. I'm blaming Disney Plus on that one, though. But or anyway, their advertisement team, at the very least. But anyway, yeah, um, Wong is a great character. Um, I, I, I find it kind of funny that there are two actors named Benedict who are very often working side by side with each other in the MCU. Like, yeah, I find we it have... more interesting how the character named Wong is the last name Wong. Yeah, I, I don't know if Wong exists in the comics. It it would probably be pretty hard to search. Why is that? Because it's it's just Wong. There's no last name or anything. Mm. Warrior, the Sorcerer Supreme, and his name is Wong. Yeah, although like we get to the end of this movie and Doctor Strange is supposed to be the Sorcerer Supreme. Mm-hmm. Wait, when does She-Hulk take place? Uh, I- I'm gonna have to open up the timeline that I have uh, to look at it. I just want to know if it's before or after this movie. It's long after this movie. Cool, that's the only thing I was wondering. Yeah, a long time. But I am gonna bring up the, the timeline anyway, just to give you a sort of idea... Mm-hmm. So, like, fill up, fill up this space while the timeline's loading. What? Timeline loading forever? No, I, I literally had to actually go and s- start the loading process. Oh. Um, what? Honestly, actually, after this, I mean, what else can we even say about Doctor Strange? The vi- we haven't even talked about the visuals and oh, how they shit. are. We haven't talked about the visuals. Oh my god! I mean, that was kind of in what I said about mind fuckingness. Like the visuals are good, but holy crap! Um, don't I don't think you should be watching this if you're prone to seizures. You know, I don't think being prone to seizures is a particular issue with uh. With this movie. Hmm. I, but, I just like, cannot remember if there's a lot of flashing light. There's a lot of everything else, so I don't know. There's not really a lot of flashing lights. But, uh, um, okay, so... I, I honestly believe this movie has the best visuals out of, like, any Marvel movie, bar none. So, like... Yeah, it's just really good, and I I regret that I wasn't able to see this movie in theaters. Of course, all this um, amazing visuals is just being accompanied by the most fuckery you can think of. You know, buildings um, being turned into nothing. Um, I I don't even know how I can explain it. Just watch the movie. You haven't watched the movie. I cannot explain it to you. Okay, so Doctor Strange takes place in 2017. She-Hulk takes place in 2025. 
Ooh. Like, damn. Wait. Did you say 2017? Yeah. Huh. That's before, um, that's after the movie came out. Yeah, a, a lot of the times Marvel movies take place after they come out. Huh. Like, that's a fairly frequent occurrence, and pretty much everything in Phase 4, with the exception of Black Widow, takes place after it came out. In, well, in fact, that's because of the... Um, that's because of the Affinity or uh, Time Jump, right? Yeah, um... The, well, it's technically the endgame time jump, but yeah. Because, mm -hmm. uh, like, we still have not reached the real-world time that most of Endgame takes place in. Because that is set in October 2023. <laughs> that movie came out four years ago. Damn. So, yeah, um... And then there is a movie that we are going to be watching in the canon, but not necessarily mainline MCU, that takes place all the way in 2029. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, so we will eventually be getting to that. That's going to be fun. But other than that, I don't really have much else to say. I think this is a very good movie, very... Fantastic visuals. Pro probably my favorite origin story, I'd say. How did it rank with the rest of the MCU movies? Fairly high. Somewhere up there. Huh. And unfortunately, I think this movie was one of the worst performing in the box office during Phase 3. Really? Yeah. I guess everyone's regretting that they never saw this in theaters. But, anyway, let's, uh... Well, actually, before I dive into the critic ratings, I have to talk about the score of this movie, because, good <laughs> lord, the score of this movie is brilliant. Um, the composer for this movie is uh, Michael Giacchino. He also composed music for movies such as The Incredibles... And Inside Out, I think he was also behind Up. Um, I, I, I will just check on that for, you know, fact-checking uh, purposes. Yeah, it was, it was Michael Giacchino for Up. Um, Michael mm. Giacchino is always a win. <laughs> like, he's a fantastic composer. But, yeah, with all that out of the way, critic ratings. IMDb uh, gives this movie a 7.5 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 89%. Letterboxd gives it 3.5 out of 5. Um, which, you know, if you convert that to an out of 10 scale, that would be a 7 out of 10. And then 85% of Google users like this movie. You know... I think I'm feeling a bit generous today. You know, felt good, watched this great movie. I think I'm going to give this a nice 8.6. I premeditated 8.7. Damn. 
So yeah, um, as, I was actually really close. Like I was even thinking, like, should I go eight point seven? No, but I do want to be above eight point five, so eight point six. Yeah. So, um, as was said earlier in this podcast, you can join us next week for the nineteen ninety eight remake of The Parent Trap, as well as The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part One. And you can join us next month for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. But until then, I've been Avery, that's been Lily, and we will be seeing you.